Let's bring him on here. Sig Charles. That's awesome. I'll remember that one, Brock. I did. <laughs> <laughs> sports fan has an opinion well these are ours ours welcome to brock and pep's unsportsmanlike convo and here are your hosts brock fleming and pep cariotti good evening ladies and gentlemen it is april 6th 2021 i apologize last week apparently i said 2020 so it was one of those years that just kind of flew by uh, it is April 6th. It's springtime is in the air. The sun is shining. It's starting to warm up. My partner, P-Dog, across the border there on the Quebec side, you got to be excited because <laughs> you're a big outdoors guy, big activity guy. How was your long weekend? Uh, it was pretty good, actually. You know, like uh, a little bit different again with Easter and uh, not being able to gather as a family. Uh, aside from that, it was good. I will... <laughs> I went, I went to Tanger, not to shop. I, there's a there's a Starbucks in the Tanger outlet, and I was in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I said, ah, just for fun, I'm going to go and drive by the Nike store. And I, I'm not here to poop on the Nike store, okay? I shop there a lot. The, I know the manager, great guy. Um, but there was a lineup. There must have been about 100 people out there. And I'm having a hard time understanding lockdown measures in terms of uh, – you know, so we can't sit on a patio where tables are socially distanced like six to ten feet safely, yet we can gather at a mall, I'll use Tanger as an example, and line up a hundred people back to back. One dude was smoking. <laughs> I mean, like it was just so I understand the confusion that a lot of people are are probably dealing with right now in terms of why things are closed and why things are open and I just I don't quite get the Tanger. I don't think we all need a new outfit during a pandemic. Um but you know, restaurants uh, serving food, I think, is probably more necessary than buying an, uh, you know, a new pair of CrossFit jeans or CrossFit pants or whatever. Anyway, that was my experience on Saturday, which was day one of the lockdown. Look, and, uh, the COVID of, lockdown has required me to buy new outfits. Okay, so it happens. <laughs> well, that. I need stretchier <laughs> pants. Yeah, I mean, but there's that, I guess, but. Uh, uh, they, they just, they just the lockdowns don't make a, a lot of sense in terms of what they're locking down and what they're keeping open. Um, but again, I agree with you a hundred percent this, this time around it's felt really unorganized and mm-hmm. um, unprepared to a point. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about why we're doing it. Um, the new variants variances that are affecting younger people, um, you know, so they go into this, shutdown mode but schools are still open stores are still open um all this kind of stuff but now restaurants are the only ones that are closed like it seems like it's very um very detrimental to the restaurant uh industry itself a lot of small businesses are kind of feeling that that uh uh, the pain and um you know initially i was kind of along the lines of look i know this sucks as much we got to try and get through this in terms of making sure our businesses and supporting local and, and as best we can, but ultimately it's for the greater good. Now it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me as to uh, the reasoning behind what's open and what's not. Um, I just wanted to take a quick second. Welcome everybody who's watching uh, through Facebook Live. Uh, for those who are watching, please accept the terms of StreamYard so that we can see your profile name 
when you guys have questions and comments. Uh, shout out to the listeners on the Cap City Beats app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, check that out. So you can stream us, the video and the audio, through the app uh, and on the website, capcitybeats.ca. Uh, if you miss anything through any of these shows, by all means, go take a look at our podcast, which is we'll put these episodes on our podcast as well, which you can get anywhere you get your podcasts. And shout out to Big Boss Man Kwame for getting us the link nice and early today. And I do want to question to say we got bumped off the first page of the Cap City Beats app. So I don't know if that was indicative of anything or if we just changed the size of the logos. I don't know. But um, <laughs> Kwame, we were page one. So what's going on? Uh, we're the comics now. Right? Now we're, 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 we're the Ottawa Sun comics. Section. Hey, you got a scroll? That's no good. We got to get off the scroll. Uh, so yeah, long weekend came and gone. No big Easter dinners, no big family get togethers. We ordered pizza. I did get out golfing with uh, K dog, our fact checker in the back. We went golfing on Monday. It was a beautiful day. I usually get red during this show. Anyway, I don't know if it's from the lights or from the pressure or from what it is, but <laughs> the, today I'm starting it ahead of time because I got a good layer of sunburn. So I am just about ready for summer because that's how <laughs> this guy tans. It goes straight red. It's looking good the rest of the week, pal. 20 degrees, looking like uh, towards the end of the week. So, Hey, I hope to be out golfing again tomorrow. We're uh, doing an Elmer this time instead of being out in Renfrew, so a lot closer and trying a different course. And Anyway, my my goal this year is to get out golfing more and to get respectable. That's all I want. I just want to be respectable, and I don't want to lose – a dozen balls every time I go out to the, to the course. <laughs> so that's, uh, again, it's small goals, Pep. You need to have goals. You need to keep yourself entertained and every golf from day. a mental standpoint, yep. uh, is probably the hardest sport I've ever done. Cause I can't just lose it and then go for straight aggression and fight your way through it or hit somebody to get over it. You really, it's, there's etiquette. There's, you have to be mentally tough to say, you know what? That shot sucked. Let's focus before, the next 17 shots suck. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. That's the toughest thing about golf. I found with my brief experience with golf, I had beginner's luck on my first course. It was a par three at Dunderosa, and I was getting, I was hitting it right on the green. The Dundee nice drives off the tee, though, right? Hit using an iron off the tee, just a little bit more control. Then I went to the big leagues, and uh, not so much. And not so much. Not uh, much. All right, let's. Uh, Let's talk about our sponsor. We're going to go to our sponsor. All right. Oh, there's that lovely music. Hey, are you selling or buying? Call Tracy Iskander with Royal LePage at Group Philippe LeMay. They have the buyers and the right game plan to find you a new home. You'll get personalized service in all sectors of the Udaway region. Tracy is fluently bilingual. And with a combined 40 years of real estate experience at Group Philippe LeMay, you can rest assured your home buying journey will be handled with first class care and the best prices on the market. Call Tracy today at 613-324-3781 or email her at uh, Tracy, where's that email? Tracy at TracyEskander.com. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. That's why we work in pairs. Yeah. All right, before we get into headlines, we have a guest with us. Well, we have a couple of guys who are going to come on and give their opinion. This is a, a gentleman who's been with us now for uh, going on to three weeks. We're going to be talking again football and March Madness. 
Let's bring him on here. Sig Charles. That's awesome. I'll remember that one, Brock. I did. <laughs> oh, I love that song. One, anyway. But um, Good evening, guys. How you doing, buddy? Uh, good, good. Yourself? Cannot complain. Cannot complain. Awesome. That's great. Let's get right into it. Pep, you got headlines yeah, for us. Yeah, cue the headlines. Headlines with Brock and Pep. Zig. It's like the Superman song. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> headlines. Yeah, let's let's fire it off. Well, we didn't. Uh, there was one thing we wanted to bring up in the intro that we uh, maybe we just we'll bring it up now. Is the uh, Toronto Blue Jays opened up their three game set with the Texas Rangers, and Game Two is tonight at eight oh five. I'm looking forward to that. Um, interesting how they set up the stadium. Um, you know the capacity for this new the new Texas stadium, which is only the old one was only twenty six years old. So, I mean, they built, it felt like they just built a new one for the sake of building a new one. Apparently, it's Texas. It's the humidity and now it's, this, has a, this has a dome now or it's a retractable roof. So, I guess that's, that's what it is. But, like, I mean, they just went ahead and built a new one. <laughs> you got to go big oh, in wow. Texas. 26 yeah, years it, old in Texas? Out. I, Let's go. New one. That's, that's new. That, I was, like yeah, that's it's, so I thought it was relatively new. Anyways, um, but this, this sucker fits 40,000. And then for the first game they opened, uh, it was the home opener. And they opened it up to come one, come all. 40,000 were available. So every wow. seat was available. They ended up getting 38,000 and change. So um, that was just for the home opener. Like Tonight, they're back down to 75% capacity. So, I mean, at the most, they can have uh, I don't know, 75% of 40. So 30,000, let's say. They will probably won't get 30,000, but, you know, at least that the potential is there. How do you guys feel about that? And I don't know enough about the state of Texas personally to know their vaccination rollout plan or what's going on. But do you just feel like they've just gone ahead and said, we're going to we're going to try to be the standard here and, and uh, other teams can follow suit? Hashtag COVID doesn't exist in Texas. <laughs> That's what it's looking like. That's what they're acting like. Why yeah. do they? Why did they do it at 100% game one and then drop it back to 75 in game two or whatever it is? Like that didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be 100 on Monday, then be 100 on Tuesday because it doesn't matter. Yep. It was like a bonus for the first game. I, I don't well, know. I mean, they had rapid yeah. testing available at the doors for the for game one. I doubt they'll just continue with that because it's pretty expensive to do. But uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense now. Uh, Sig, I'm, I don't know if you're a big baseball guy or not, but you're, yeah. you're probably a Jays fan, right? At least. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. How upset would you be knowing that how Jay, how well the Jays have started this season, and for the most part outside of George Springer, they're pretty healthy. How would you feel if because of this? Well, let's let's call it what it is: a potential super spreader event. 100%. How would you feel if some of their players got sick and missed a prolonged amount of time, or God forbid, God forbid, got really sick? Because some of these variants can really wreak havoc on on your system how would you guys feel sig brock you can p- chime in mm-hmm. uh, as a fan would you be upset knowing that this is this could be the jays year they've invested a ton of money they spent a lot of money on on upgrading their roster and uh you know they're they were at risk yeah i'd, I'd be upset because you know texas is just thinking about their people and what whatever they're doing whatever their plans and their rollout is whatever they're doing to be safe but they gotta think there's other teams that are coming into their into their stadium, you know, so, you know, for you, sure. you'd think there'd be some type of consultation, you know, like how do you guys feel about, you know, said number of, of fans, but 
I mean, it honestly seems like it, like they're being a little bit careless, you know, like they're, they're, they're showing that, you know, okay, we're strong and, and, you know, we're together and this is how we feel, but we also don't care about what anybody else thinks. That, that's, you know, unfortunately that's the message that I'm getting from that when I read that. And, you know, I, I don't think that's very professional about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I'd be upset as a fan 100% because I mean, again, you don't want anybody getting, getting sick or, or hurt on any side. But, you know, when, just like you said, when, when the Jays are, are in a good spot, you know, this year with, you know, with regards to players and stuff like. Invested a lot of money. You know? Oh, yeah. A lot you, of money. Which you, team you know. had the, was it Yankees? Sorry, Brock. Even if they didn't, you know, still. Yeah. It's still, yeah. It's still you know, health-wise, you, you just don't want that to happen. Sorry, Brock. Yeah. Go ahead. That's all right. Don't let it happen again. The, which, uh, yeah. which, <laughs> which stadium had the plexiglass <laughs> behind? Was that the Yankees or was that Texas? Which stadium had the what, sorry? It looked like one of them had plexiglass between the fans and, like, the dugout and stuff. So where it used to be just, like, a, a fence, like, not a fence, but, like, a, the net, mm -hmm. I think it, it, a couple of spots, it looked like it had plexiglass. So, like, if a player went close there to make a play, he wasn't just a mesh between him and the stands. And the fans. That was so, the Yankees stadium. Was it? It was like a yeah. big sneeze guard around kind yeah. of thing. But they didn't have full capacity anyway. Anyway, stuff like that. You see they're taking some precautions. I don't know if Texas did that or not. I didn't notice it in that no. game if it's the Yankee one. Um, no. But mm -hmm. from a baseball standpoint, like, yeah, okay, it would suck if, you know, if the Jays got sick or whatever. Ultimately, doesn't if the Jays don't get sick, but Texas does, the Yankees do, the Red Sox do, like, the season is all for naught. So you look at the hockey situation. The Canucks right now are going through some wicked variants that have gone through that team mm -hmm. and, and have spread over into some of their family members even. There's talk that they're not going to be playing until at least May. And, you know, how does that affect the Northern Division? How does that affect the, the NHL period? Because there's some American teams that have had some um, issues as well. So from a, just a, a sports fan perspective... You kind of want to see the league do what they need to do to ensure that they get a season. They say, if that's what you're going to be doing, then do it properly. And if it's 40,000 Texas fans aren't allowed to be there because of it, but then you get a full season of baseball and protect the players and their well-being, that's worth more than whatever the ticket sales you had with the Rangers. Well, that's it. And yeah, I think what's more, what's most frustrating in, uh, for, for everybody and sports have done a remarkable job guys. Like I, I applaud every sport for the, for what they've done in terms of taking precaution and protecting their players and the fans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, I will say this um, where the finish line is there for not only sports, but for everybody. Like it's like you're so close yet. I, it's like a kid going to the to the uh, uh, to the fair, and uh, like we're five minutes away, and he throws a tantrum because he he wants to be there now. Like we're five minutes away, relax. We okay, all, we're we almost all fans. We all almost the there. We all want normal. We, yeah, you know, like normalcy. Like Stephen Matz, but, the pitcher for the Jays the other night. Um, what they asked him about how it felt to play in front of fans, and he wasn't he wasn't shy. He's like, you know what, it was pretty awesome. He's like, this was uh, kind of what we're all like clamoring for. We, we it was good energy and it's exciting and, um, but on the flip side, like you know, we still want to be careful. But like, we all want the fans back. 
from a from a viewer perspective, from sports talk perspective, we all want the fans. It's a much better experience to watch on TV and to be there live with fans there for sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be really crappy is when <clears throat> COVID starts to go a little bit into like just enough, not anything more than what it is right now manageable mm-hmm. but the jays are far and away the best team in major league baseball and then all the presidents don't. vote to say yeah let's just end the season now don't just don't like the 94 care. expos oh. i was just gonna say it don't even <laughs> yeah exactly just like the expos we got a first um, comment just so you know and for those who can't see who this is we know this is big boss man kwame and he said that he'll have a look into why we're no longer on page one of the app. He cannot have <laughs> his starters riding the bench. Right on. <laughs> I'm still on my 10-day contract. I'm not a starter. That's true. No, we've signed you to another 10-day. We, <laughs> <good. laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Eric Stahl, uh, former Minnesota Wild, former Buffalo Saber, former Carolina, Carolina Hurricane, Hurricane uh, Stanley Cup winning team, by the way, uh, played his first game last night with the Montreal Canadiens, and he looked a step slow. But I mean, that was because he hadn't played in the in a, in a while, um, and also he's thirty six. But he uh, he's going to boost that lineup. They filled up their lineup with guys who would have been all stars in, in the early two thousands. <laughs> you know, Corey Perry's on that team, and Eric Stahl, and uh, you know Shea Weber and Carey Price. I mean, this is Team Canada All Star team two thousand ten, but I mean, we see the value of these guys come playoff time, and I think it was a great pickup for them. He scored the game-winning goal yesterday in overtime. Uh, the Canadians fought back to uh, tie it at two after being down two zip, and he came down the wing and uh, zip one past Mike Smith, another veteran Canadian goalie. So uh, happy for Eric Stahl. How do you guys think? What do you guys think of that acquisition for the Canadians? I don't think anything about the Canadians. <laughs> no, but the Canadians are kind of taking a page out of uh, Belichick's type uh, playbook, where he's like, you know what, I'm going to take yeah. some of these oh, yeah. uh, washed up okay. guys that that may not have a good fit anywhere, and say, yeah. you know what, we're going to give you a, a new lease on life. Come on in here and lose okay. to the Sens, and that's what they're doing. So, um, you know, it's uh, okay. I, that was a cheap shot. The Sens played Corey very Perry. well the last couple of games that I watched uh, versus Montreal and so that. But a guy like that brings leadership. Again, Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, like these are two guys. I can't remember the last time. Uh, when did I go to the All-Star game? It might have been 2012 or 14. I can't remember if I had kids yet. 2013, It was in Atlanta. In Atlanta no longer has a team. So whenever that happens to be. <laughs> and we went down there and I got all these pictures with these guys. And these guys were the All-Stars then. And yeah. I, I, I'm going back, you know, a good decade and these mm-hmm. guys are still, you know, effective in the highest level you could possibly be at. And, you know, I think Montreal probably gets a steal with some of these guys. They're not paying through the nose for them either. So no. it's a great steal. You, you take chances on these guys. Eric Stahl had 45 yeah. goals with the Minnesota Wild two years ago. So he clearly has something left in the tank. And, uh, you know, playing in Buffalo this first half of the season would have been a break. Uh, love the Stahl brothers. Can you read that, uh, Brock? I don't have my glasses. Yeah. Great pickup pick for the up. Canadians. Value in the locker room. And it's uh, Michael Ferrer with his blue. Oh, boy, Mikey. Was it Blue Lightning? Mm-hmm. What's the Blue Thunder? Blue Lightning? Blue What's steel. Zoolander's uh, blue model? Blue Steel. Blue steel. Blue steel. Blue steel. Ugh. Yeah. The Blue <laughs> Steel cool. looked there. Crazy. 
ice cold. Hey, move, moving on. I was going to uh, talk a little bit about how we've, uh, four on four and three on three is awesome to watch in hockey, but we all know that. So fast, moving on. So fast. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Sig, how about the Raptors? Okay. They're 20 and 30. They're a game be- out of the 10th spot, and we know there's a 10th. There's a 8, 9, 10. No, sorry, 7, 8, 9. 7, seven 8, 9, 10 playing. Play, right? Play-in all, game. Yeah. So they're a game out of the play-in. Well, you know, once you're in the play-in, anything can happen, right? Those four teams are probably not very far off from each other. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., their acquisition from the Portland Trailblazers uh, when they dealt away Norman Powell, has played uh, really well for the Raptors. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, he, he had a game where he scored 31. He's shooting over 40% from three. Uh, he scored 16 last night, including a game-winning three-point shot at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, in Portland, Powell's averaging less than 14 a game after scoring 30, 30, 40, 30 with the Raptors. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for him to get 30 or 40 when you got Carmelo and you got C.J. McCollum and Lillard. Mm-hmm. But uh, this trade, let's keep in mind, too, Gary Trent Jr. is three years younger than Powell. Um, he's got a little bit bigger frame. I, I'm I'm kind of warming up to this trade. And, I know. And, I was going to ask you, know? you. I was going to ask you because when we first discussed it, it was just a you know just in the group. You were. I mean, I, I was Powell. angry. I know. I was angry to you know shed a tear for a second, but um, I wasn't. I wasn't upset because I've watched a lot of a lot of Portland games. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, he's he's a, he's a good player. I, I think he passes the eye test. You know, like he's, yeah. really you know, he's, he can score, he can shoot. Yeah. Um, you know, like he looks like he's positive out there. He's focused, you know, on being a good teammate as well. And he played with some pretty good stars in, in Portland already, you know, and Absolutely. knowing, and knowing what, you know, what the trade was about and what the Raptors were looking for and knowing what Portland was doing as well. Cause Portland still had to agree to that trade. Yeah. You know? So they're basically saying like, Hey, sorry, you know, you're, you're, you're going, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay. I get it. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my part for, you know, for the Raptors. And I think, I think he fits in, fits in really well. He's he played great. That buzzer beater. I mean, I must've watched it about 10 times, you know, 16 in the game, you know, it yeah. cooled off a bit. Um, but, you know, he's, he's looking to prove everybody that, you know, this is the reason why, you know, why he's on the team. Um, I didn't think Powell was doing too bad either um, because of his situation. He might still be filling that spot on that team. It's exactly what they want. Maybe, you know, better shooting percentage because like, you know, when I say I, he passes the eye test for, uh, for Gary Trent, I just mean like he's an aggressive player. Um, yeah. He makes people, you know, defend him. He passes the ball when he needs to. Um, when he's on, he's on. When he's off, you know, he's one of those shooters that can sometimes try to shoot himself back into a game, which can sometimes hurt, you know, the team's overall outcome. Do I know if he's going to do that with the Raptors? You know, I'm not saying that, but just from the games I've seen, and I think Powell, you know, has fit in well with with Portland with what he's doing. So, I think it's a situation for for both for both players. I think the situation is good. I think you know Trent's a guy who now you know again is young, is still trying to make his mark on the league, and has an opportunity on a team that is looking for their next star. Yeah. It's kind of what the Raptors are doing, and he's trying to take that bull by the horns and say, here's what I can do. Mm-hmm. Portland has a need for a guy who understands his role and does it very well, and that's what Powell does. They have stars already. He is a very, very good support player, in my opinion. Yeah. And he understands his role as a veteran. He's not going in there to try and overshadow Lillard or anybody. He's going in there to do his job, to be – effective and efficient when he's called upon 
but don't rattle anything else. So I think from both standpoints, I think both teams kind of got what they need. And, you know, who knows? It'll, time will tell from a Raptor standpoint if he pays off uh, the way they expect him to or hope they will. But I think Portland got a, a, a gem in Powell as well for exactly the dynamic they have right there. Yep, and I'll tell you, there's, uh, there's some talk of uh, Marcus Gasol being bought out in L.A., He's unhappy that with the fact that they brought in Drummond and his minutes are going to be cut severely. And Anthony Davis uh, will be back soon. They have Montrez Harrell. Um, you know, there's some. I mean, there's some minutes to be uh, to be lost, unfortunately, for Marcus All. If he's bought out, do the, should the Raptors maybe have a look? I know it's. For, I think this year they're sort of given up. But it, you know, maybe for next year, maybe a stopgap until they can maybe draft a guy or, or go out and get somebody else. Here's think? my feeling on the Toronto Raptors and what they are and what the rest of the season is going to look like. Uh, Westbrook got a rebound, didn't grab it cleanly, smashed it off of Bynum's face <laughs> in the middle of a game, and Bynum, like, didn't do anything. Baines? Uh, Baines, sorry. Baines, yeah. Uh, big Baines. Took the ball right out the forehead and gave him, like, a, <laughs> what are you doing? And Westbrook was laughing, and I was like, the fact that you haven't choke jammed him or tried to throw or anything just shows <laughs> hey that for me that was so indicative of what i think the rest of the season is going to be for the raptors it was like yeah you're going to smash your balls off mm, okay moving on anyway <laughs> it's not going to be great you take a ball to the forehead and you don't fight back or respond in any sort of way uh, i felt like it was really lacking some hunger or something there yeah, unfortunately, they, I don't feel like they have any toughness down low. Oh, oh, it, it's no, I, I it, think it hurts. It really, and I love Chris Boucher. I hope this doesn't affect his development, but really, they have zero toughness. They were out rebounded. I mean, the offensive rebounding at one point last night was like 12 to zero. Mm-hmm. Defensive rebounding, they're getting out, out, out rebounded everywhere. So it's a big deal. Baines. Oh, man, I, I was so off the mark with Baines when I was happy when they signed him, and now I'm now I'm just I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, oof, Masters Week, Brock. As I'm deleting it off the thing. Mas- oh, you're taking yeah. it off. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's Masters Week, so anybody who's I don't know how many golf fans we have here, but if you are a fan of watching golf, the Masters Week is the best week there. The fact that Tiger Woods is not playing in it. 150% takes away a lot of the excitement around that match. Um, but it is Masters Week. So starting Thursday through, you got the, you know, it's going to have a pretty good ending probably on Sunday for the Green Jacket. Um, anyway, it's, it's oh, a, I'll take it's a that fun a step time. Further, Brock. Sure. You said Tiger's not, not playing, so it'll take away from the, I won't, I went from probably watching some to now I probably won't watch a second. Well, um, you know that Tiger Woods was just in a car accident mm. and probably has surgery to get two mm. robotic legs. Like, you can't be surprised he's not golfing in the Masters. Oh, no, I'm not surprised. I'm just saying I won't watch. Okay. Like, I won't. If he's not in it, I'm not watching golf. I won't watch and probably till Sunday. Like no, I, I don't even yeah. think I'll uh, – I'm not a huge golf guy. That being said, I have I do like when there's, uh, you know, the fourth round and it's, uh, it's tight and there's, you know, they're going back-to-back. The cameras are going back-to-back to the players. For sure. I, I'm yeah. good with that. But uh, to watch the second round, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? I don't have an appreciation for golf like you do, Brock. And, you know, like a, a nice shot, like a straight angle shot or whatever, or a hook or, or a slice that will get you onto the fairway. I don't have as much of an appreciation for those things as maybe you do. So do you golf? I, you know, I haven't. My brother wants to get me out. 
Um, Beach? I've, I've golfed. Yeah, he wants to get me out. I've golfed one time. I hit the driving range once in a while, but yeah. What are you, what are you laughing at there, bro? Was, <laughs> you laughing Pep's at? trying to like go in and <laughs> was waiting. To, I was looking at his expressions more than anything else. <laughs> um, well, I guess, but Rob, that's it for, I guess that's it for headlines. Yeah, that is it for headlines. Let's move on. I think it's fine. We have no video intro for this, <laughs> but this is the last one we'll do this season. Oh. March Madness tourney has come and gone. We have a new champion. The mm, yeah. Baylor Bears mm-hmm. are basketball champs. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy to hear that, really. And they just defeated the previously undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs uh, fairly handedly in that mm-hmm. game. Enough where mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. really entertaining. Mm. No, wasn't even close. I, I, you know the uh, I will before we talk about that game itself, guys. I uh, I can't I can't do Dick Vitale anymore. I can't. I'm uh, I'm done with Dick Vitale. You know, legend legend commentator for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about '80s and '90s. We used to imitate him in high school, and we always we all wanted to be like play college so he could do our games. It's uh, he's hard to listen to now. Yeah. Like he's it's yeah, a weak, it's not the he's same. It's not the same. No, Brock? it's not the same. No, Dickie V fan. You, when you first said it, I thought you were like, I can't do like his voice anymore. I'm like, no, of course he can't. Nobody can do his voice. <laughs> but but yeah, Matt no. Pudvey does a pretty oh. good. Uh, Matt Pudvey does a pretty good Dickie V. Does actually, he? But, uh, uh, my first impression of the of the game yesterday, the, especially the first five minutes, was a Baylor was hitting everything. Yep. So when you when you're getting defensive stops coming down and hitting threes, and then you're up by twenty all of a sudden. You, you know, it forced Gonzaga to play catch up. It was just exactly the way they wanted it to go. But just my one impression was that how much stronger physically the Baylor kids looked. Like they looked like they were lifting weights with the football team. And that's the first thing impression I got with uh, with Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's uh, Gonzaga's biggest guy is that Timmy guy. And even he looks like a, you know, that Slender. Scrooge from, or Scrooge, what's the guy from uh, Scooby Doo there? Uh, <laughs> well, I thought he looked more like uh, Will Ferrell in uh, in uh, what, the Flint Tropics. Yeah, when he does movie. the dunk and he does the. Yeah. I was like, Shaggy. what are you doing? At the time Shaggy, he did that, yeah. they were still down six. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. He's got pretty good feet and pretty good hands. Like, he's a pretty decent player, all things considered. Take the looks away. Great player. But, Kisper yeah, and Baylor was. Uh, and, and Timmy, they played well all tournament. Um, even the final four, like they were, they were beating up on teams, but in that game, Baylor, like what, what they rebound them. It was like, it was 12 to one for, for Baylor offensive rebounds. And then the final score was 37 or 34 to 17 total rebounds in that game. You know what I mean? And then it was like 14 to seven um, turnovers, Baylor. Like, Shaggy. It was, it was bad. Yeah. Shaggy's Shaggy. the guy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, it, it was bad early and it was defense too. Like, so uh, on one side you had Baylor. It looked like the, basically their thing was, okay, you guys can go one-on-one and if you have an open shot, take it, which they 100% did. And then going to the other side, going to Gonzaga, they had, they had nothing on offense. Mm. They were passing the ball. Every pass was, was contested. Like every single pass, they're passing the ball to the wing. It was contested. The ball wasn't even basically making it to the hoop at all. They were taking forced shots. Once they finally got their rhythm, by that time it was too late because even uh, Suggs, the freshman, mm-hmm. he's gonna go to the NBA. He's gonna he's probably gonna be a lot. Be a good player. NBA player too. Yeah, but um, but he had he had nothing early on, and I think he might have finished what what was it 22, 22 points. But it was all late. It was all late in the game, and it was just it was after the game was already finished. I really like that. Over, it was uh, over the first five minutes. A yay kid. 
Which one? Yeah. The AE for yeah. Gonzaga. Yeah. 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 I really like his game and the way he plays. And he impressed me during the UCLA game is the one that mm. I saw that I was like, well, oh, okay. But uh, where do you think Gonzaga went wrong? Uh, Mike, uh, yeah, never take balls to the face without doing something about it. That's a, that's a given. That's the mentality that uh, us filament guys have. Um, anyway. <laughs> what were you saying, Brock? Where did Gonzaga go? Like, where did they lose it? Because when I look at, at their tournament, they were so dominant up until that UCLA game. And to me, it was a miracle ending. Uh, it was a very exciting game. But I thought UCLA overplayed their ability and Gonzaga played under. And to me, I felt like UCLA deserved that game more. I just had that feeling that they deserved it. They they answered everything. Their, all their players stepped up, and I found Gonzaga didn't. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it was from that that, you know, rolls into the final, but somewhere they sort of lost. Um, they lost something. Well, if, in my opinion, with in terms of Gonzaga, when you're playing undefeated all year, you know, everyone's coming for you, right? So you're undefeated, you're supposed to win. So the pressure gets more and more and more. And, you know, that UCLA game, that was that was their final. Like, they were emotionally drained after that game. Like, the emotion mm-hmm. of it and the, like, um, Suggs going up on the table and doing the old, I was just, I was acting like Dwayne Wade or whatever, like he said. And, I mean, I would be emotional too. I'd have been doing cartwheels. I'm a kid. But I think they emotionally drained themselves that game. And it showed. They came out flat. And you have to give credit to Baylor. Baylor's, um, they're men. I mean, they rolled out three guys against Timmy who were faster, bigger, and stronger than he was. Maybe not as skilled, but, I mean, they beat him up. And just they, Gonzaga just looked like there was no gas in the tank. They were short on their shots. And when you're short on your shot, what does that tell you, Sig? Yeah, you're not going to hit that. You're going to hit short shots. No shot. legs. You're gonna, you're no, no legs. legs. Yeah. No legs, Done. you're tired. So that... Quick indicator when it was 35 to 12 or 17 or whatever, it just showed me that Baylor's fresh, they're bigger, they're stronger, and, I mean, it was going to take a miracle for for Gonzaga to come back, and they didn't. Yeah, actually, I was watching something uh, with my wife, and I was like, oh, I'm like, it's Monday night. I forgot because it's a long weekend. I said, oh, the, the final's on, so I quickly went to the score to check take a look. And they were already down double digits, I think. And I said, oh, I said, well, I'll tune in the second half, see if they get it close. Um, and then I watched a good chunk of it to see if they would. And, and Gonzaga did make a bit of a run. So I thought, oh, yeah. you know, you never know. And then uh, then Baylor just took off. Good. You know, I'm, think, you know again, yeah. it's a new winner. Uh, you know, it's a new winner. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the women's, has Stanford ever won before? Stanford Cardinal? No. Cardinal. Uh, so it's a new men's and a new women's first ever championship teams, Arizona, Stanford. And that was a pretty good game for oh, anybody who watched those highlights and, and caught the end of it. Mm-hmm. It came down to a last shot um, by Arizona, and she just missed. And she's a superstar because she hit about yeah. four of those uh, game winners on, on uh, before that, uh, like in, in previous rounds. Um, one of them to beat, I think it was South Carolina, maybe, who was probably arguably the favorite for the whole tournament. One of them, anyway. Um, anyway, ultimately, what are your overall thoughts of the tournaments? I don't know if, how much of the women's you watch, but this 2021 COVID-affected March Madness uh, men's and women's brackets, what do you think? What's your, what's your grade on this? You want See? me to go first, Pep? Yeah, man. I, I was excited that we had those tournaments. You know, um, yep. you know, I had my doubts that that sports were going to continue. Uh, 
you know, while still knocking on wood, I was, I was hoping, you know, um, and, and also it was entertaining. It, it, it was, it was still good. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, I, I'm just happy that we were able to, to still have it, to still experience it. You know, I know the fans were out of it and, and, you know, that is still a big part. Cause when I, when I tried watching, you know, games earlier in the season, it was still kind of hard for me to kind of focus. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'd still, I'd still watched my, my North Carolina and, and Duke rivalry, um, cause that for me is still, still gets me going. But other than that, it's just, I wasn't feeling it as much. So I was wondering how it was going to go into the tournament, but it, it, it still had its excitement. You know what I mean? You know, the, the, the camera guys did a good job of focusing on the court and the sounds and the coaches and the players and, and, and what was going on. Um, so they made, they still made it a good experience for, for us fans being able to, you know, tune in, um, and, and for them being, being safe, you know, they, they were able to do it that way. So, you know, I was, I was happy. I was happy with the product, the overall product. You must have had some, like, even though UNC Duke, your rivalry, you watch it, you said still gets you, but you must have lost something because the fans in those rivalry things are uh, entertainment in itself. Like there's such a part of the game that without them, again, I didn't watch these, you know, fanless matchups, but I can only imagine it had to have an effect on the, the atmosphere obviously and you're watching even though they still played it and you still get into it that's got to have an effect on it yeah well 100 um it's still on my uh, a duke north carolina is still on my bucket list my brother and i were still that that's one of ours that we have to we have to cross is he a unc fan Um, as well or is he a duke fan he's a a unc fan as well yeah but i mean we're it might sound crazy but we were considering you know watching it at cameron stadium at duke just because of that ridiculous atmosphere like i mean yeah we, got, we want to go to the to, to north carolina and the dean dome and that but um the duke duke is just nuts and as much as i hate them i'd still want to go <laughs> want to go into that stadium and just to experience that but well, that, again it, it's very different right now when it comes to the tournament you know there's those the, the crazed fans aren't as it's usually, different it's different because they're neutral yeah. sites yeah and yeah. You, you're you've got regular fans who just bought tickets to the to the game because mm-hmm. it's in their region. So you got that, you have to take that into account as well. So I thought all in all there was enough fans to make it make it interesting. They you know they mm-hmm. would turn to the family members going crazy in the stands and stuff. It was it was enough. Yeah. I didn't it didn't really affect me. I thought I loved the um I loved the um uh, as many upsets as there were. It was just fantastic. For me personally, Georgetown making a making the tournament after going like they were 9 and 12 going into the Big East tournament dead last in the big East. And then for, you know, they just went on a miraculous run in Patrick Ewing's Mecca. And uh, it was, it was exciting for me to watch them losing in the first round. I will admit kind of like deflated my, my, uh, my basketball a little bit, but uh, I, it was great Uh, watching all the upsets. I thought overall Mm -hmm. the tournament was an a plus, you know, everybody was safe. The basketball was really good and the women's side as well. So I'm going to give the, I'll give it all, all in all a, a grade a for excitement and, upsets which is what we all love to see mm-hmm. and the best team won Baylor's good Baylor yeah. was good all year this wasn't just a team that came out of nowhere they kicked ass all year so uh, good on them yeah I gotta say I enjoyed it myself the fact that Colgate had made it this year um you know Florida having at least one hey, game Colgate was great but uh yeah it, you know if you're not gonna if it's not gonna be your team 
and it's going to be kind of this weird one. You want to see somebody who's never won it before, so it was nice to see those guys. Nice to be a, a final where it wasn't the typical uh, teams that you would normally see there. So, again, a weird year, no fans, but ultimately provided a good amount of entertainment. Uh, like you said, great upsets, I think, like we talked yeah. about, due to maybe some um, you know, bad rankings or, or not enough of a... Um, uh, a background to actually properly rank teams, but mm. because of that, again, it, it caused the upsets. Right. Did we see who who was favored in the in the final? I don't, I don't, I didn't look it up. The Did Zags, no. The Zags were favored. Yep. Okay, so there, yep. another another upset. Yeah, right they'd there, have right? to be. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into some NFL talk. Well, that was the quickest. <laughs> NFL, uh, <laughs> hey guys, I wanted to ask you for one sure, thing. For sure, for sure, there was a double hit, and I was literally mid cough. I cough. I have a nervous cough usually, so between breaks when I do it, I'm like, I'm literally. <gasps> <laughs> and then it stops, and I had to swallow it. Anyway, go ahead, Pat. It reminded me of one of my Sega Genesis games when I'd go and put it in, and it would just freeze in, in the middle of the intro. <laughs> oh, that was had to blow on it. Um, what was that? What was that movie with Will Ferrell when he was a basketball player? Semi Pro. Semi Pro. What was the song? Remember, oh, remember he he. You know what I'm talking about? Like an intro song. Oh, fact checker. Yeah, Rock. Really you know what I'm talking about? Have fact. you seen it? I've seen oh, it. I can't think of love uh, you, sexy. Love me, sexy. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, our executive producer, came up with the answer. It's uh, love me, sexy. What a that's amazing. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that in the one in a while. What a great movie, man! I have to download one. that or listen to it. Okay, look, NFL. Let's get right yeah. into it. Huge it. trade. I think I would argue it was a pretty big trade. The New York Jets trade Sam Darnold. Their first round pick from I don't know three years ago to the Carolina Panthers uh, in exchange for a sixth round pick in 2021, a second round pick in 2022, uh, and a fourth round pick in 22. Who won this trade? Oh, see. Oh wow, who won? <laughs> we'll see. I mean. What Darnold are they getting? Are they getting the Darnold from New York? Is he going to have a better protection? You know, uh, you know, better weapons to play with with McCaffrey. I would think so. Um, you know, I think that that I know. I know. I always answer these with like I never give you like the straight answer here. Right? You're like, yeah, no, it's like, good. Why do you have, Why do you have to do that? But <laughs> but but seriously though, um, that one is going to you know it, it's hard to tell at, at, at this time. And then you know who who is. Uh, who are they going to pick with those with those picks? You know, I mean, we'll have to wait for that 2022 one. I mean, it's the fourth round and the second round, the 2226th pick in in the sixth round or something. Yeah, I these mean, picks coming back are not stellar picks. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you think look, the Jets gave up too fast on Darnold? Uh, Sig, I don't. I've think been so. skeptical. I've been very skeptical on this guy. I'm like, I'm like, what what did they see? Like, I mean. Sorry, go ahead, Pep. But. No, the, the Jets are going to draft a quarterback. They're going to draft Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, by all accounts, is a professional, ready-made yeah. quarterback by the looks of things. Yeah. The way he can re manipulate defenses with his eyes. Some I've seen some of his highlights. He looks good. If they're mm -hmm. going to draft him, why keep Darnold? He's going to mm -hmm. be unhappy with the guy right behind him. 
you brought you got a good haul for Darnold. Oh, right away he'd be upset. Right but away. I, I think if even if Darnold succeeds in in Carolina, which he which he could very well right. uh, succeed because he's friends with the coach and they've got a good relationship and there's some weapons there, but best running back in NFL arguably. Even if he does well, I think the Jets win this trade because they they received assets for a guy they're probably not going to use anyway. So you got three picks. The second pick, second round pick next year, it's going to be a high second round because I don't think Panther, I don't think the Panthers are going to be very good. So, I mean, I don't know. I I, I like this for the Jets. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm going to agree with uh, our resident listener, Mike Ferreira. I think the Panthers <laughs> win that trade. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think yeah? they gave up. I think Darnold. Again, we're going to be talking about our top five quarterback busts of all time later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a stipulation that I used in that is the team that these guys got drafted by. Oftentimes, quarterbacks that have this high expectations are drafted by the worst football teams in the league. And it's very hard. Football is the ultimate team sport. And you cannot be good if you don't have a good offensive line, if you don't have a running game, if you don't have a defense that, you know, can uh, get you on the field more often. Um, You know, like there's just multiple things that come into play. And I think that Sam Darnold is not as bad as he has or people believe because of the success and lack of success they've had in New York. So I think that the Panthers got a pretty good – a pretty good – option from a quarterback standpoint still young you know still has in my opinion a lot of upside if he's given the right uh tutoring and uh the right situation and they gave up nothing for him like the sixth the second and the fourth like maybe the second round pick but what would he do you know if you get a guy who was a first uh first overall i think even uh, Sam Darnold, and you say, okay, can he live up to this? Now, the thing who the, is probably one of the bigger losers is Teddy Bridgewater. What happens to him now? So that was kind of his thing. He wasn't really seeing on the same page as the coaching staff in Carolina, so he's likely on the move. Where does he go? Does he go back to New Orleans? You know, a, a team that, that could use something? I fear the Jets probably should have traded for him and said, you know what? We're going to get a guy who has a good mind for the game. Bridgewater has a great mind for the game. Um, and learn and bring in a guy like Zach Wilson and say, you know what, you're going to learn for, uh, behind Teddy for a little bit and likely take over, but uh, let's get him back. So for me, I, w- I would have liked to have seen maybe that in return from, from a Jets perspective because right now, you know, Bridgewater is just going to be uh, looking to go somewhere else, and they're going to trade him or, or move him somewhere, but he's not going to stay in Carolina, I don't think. So for me, Bridgewater's the biggest loser in this trade, but I think that the Panthers ultimately win. This is the sixth first-round pick that the Jets have traded away. You guys know that? Six times they have, they have picked someone in the first round, someone high, and traded that player, eventually traded that player away. That's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> I'd be mean, curious to check that with the, the Detroit Lions and stuff like that. They don't trade their picks away. They just let them die, and let then they die. kick them out. <laughs> hey, Sam Darnold, his second game of, the, of his career, he blew out the Lions in Detroit, and everyone anointed him the next Joe Namath, and then the pressure built. Mm-hmm. And look, he had nobody to throw to. Robbie Anderson, I think, was the best receiver he's ever had while he's been there. Uh, the running the running game has been Frank Gore and a bunch of – Jameson bunch of, Crowder was one yeah. of his uh, – He's getting Crowder, hit. I mean, he's getting hit. He's getting hurt. Yeah, you know? I mean, look, he could he could very well succeed in Carolina, and you yep. know he probably will. I mean, now the 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 NFC's got like Goff and Bradford, uh, sorry, Goff and um, 
Stafford, sorry, I don't know why I have that. Still, where is Sam Bradford anyway? Whatever happened to that he's guy? He's a backup he somewhere. Sort of, is, he, is he a backup? Curtis can he, check that. I, he's he, I think he's a backup a somewhere. I thought, but um, I'll have to check that out. You know, now you throw in Darnold. There's some young talent now in the in the NFC, and I think you know Breeze retiring opens up the window for that division to for him to be successful in that division with Breeze uh, not no longer there. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't I like it for both teams. I mean, I really do. And Teddy Bridgewater, I like Teddy. And I think I don't think he was. He spent a year in New York. I don't think he was going to come back there. Um, so I can see, um, you know, I could see him backing up and like maybe go back to Minnesota. You know, Kirk Cousins. I think this might be the year that they like Kurt. If you don't do it for us this year, we're going to have to think about things. So know, there's a good place. Speaking for him of there. that, I agree. Yeah, um, you know, it sounds good. The Panthers the were the leading candidate and the the front runner to make a real good push to get Deshaun Watson. So obviously they've moved on from that, and you know, rightfully so. The guy's got twenty-two victims that have that have uh, come forward uh, today. One of the alleged victims, Ashley Solis, spoke to the press along with her lawyer and stuff. Things are not going to be good for him anytime soon. Um, I know I said that he was released multiple weeks ago. Uh, that still very well might happen over the next little while because. Uh, um, we take a commercial. It's 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 not looking not looking good, not good. whatsoever. But what I was going to say is that with the fourth overall pick in the draft, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Do they, they and should they draft a quarterback, or do they continue to build around Matt Ryan? What do you think they should do? Is it time to move on? Is it time to get some new? Because ultimately, uh, if the Jets take Zach Wilson, Justin Fields will most likely be available at four. Mm. You know, Georgia Bulldog, Atlanta, Georgia. You're kind of in that same, you know, homegrown kid uh, that brings, you know, an extremely high ceiling if he's got the right coach and the right system. Um, do you say it's time to move on? So if you bring him in, does he move on? Does, does, does Ryan have to move on or... Not does necessarily. He groom, does he groom him? Because is, is he ready? You know what I mean? It, yeah, and that's a good point too. And you know? that's another option. If you think that they should they should draft a quarterback and have Ryan develop him almost or shadow mm-hmm. him, kind of the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre sort of uh, thing. Um, but is that fair to, to Matt Ryan where you're like, I got the fourth overall and I can get a guy like Kyle Pitts? Yeah. Or, yeah, it's, a big, um, it's a big deal, right? It's a big shot. Yeah. I'm not sure. Go ahead, Pip. Oh. For for uh, well, I don't know. I mean, they should have moved on from Matt Ryan a couple of years ago. I think after they lost they had Super some bad Bowl, seasons, yeah. after they lost Super Bowl, I mean, they had two down seasons, and yeah. you know, they they have to make some decisions as to whether they want to continue on with a guy who's no longer as mobile. He never really was that mobile, but he, he could move around a little bit in his younger years. Now he can't. Now the pocket breaks, and he's uh, you know, he, it's either sack or swim. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I sack I or swim. Ice. Sack I like or got it. Not a boy. Wasting Julio Jones is like, you know, his tw- his last like you know few good years. What I mean, there was one season where he didn't he didn't have a pass in or didn't have a touchdown uh, touchdown catch or even a catch in the red zone. And I'm like, how how do you have one of the best receivers? And and that happens, right? Some of these some of these teams haven't figured it out yet. And the NFL is what 60 years old. They haven't figured out that. It doesn't. You can have Jerry Rice, Julio Jones, uh, you know Tony Gonzalez, and Joe Montana. If you don't have anyone to block for him, it doesn't matter. It no. doesn't matter what you have. And 
the year they made the Super Bowl, they had three veteran offensive linemen and two good tackles, and those guys are gone. So you're seeing what happens when nobody can block. A great offensive line is your best weapon. Uh, I see Mike think. Great minds think alike, Mike Ferreira. But, so, uh, yeah, Greg had a point there about his contract. He's a massive yeah, contract. Matt Ryan's contract being fairly large. Yeah. So it's going to be tough yeah. to find somebody else to take that over or whatever. So I think you keep Matty Ice. <clears throat> you keep Matty Ice and you, you give it what you, you see out his contract and, and you're, you're invested. You're inv- this, the whole offense is based around him. So you're invested. Couple mo- a couple mock drafts have him taking Kyle Pitts. So they have you know, Lawrence going first, Wilson going to the Jets, the Niners taking Trey Lance, which is sounds like that's their guy right now, uh, and then the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. You mm-hmm. put a Kyle Pitts now, and they've had some success with pretty decent tight ends in Atlanta with their system. None of them have been to the caliber of a Kyle Pitts. So you throw him into the mix there, and I tell you, Julio is going to start loving life because he's going to get – uh, a lot more single coverage, and nobody's covering Julio. And even at this advanced age for a football player, mm-hmm. he is yeah, ridiculous. Kid's good too. The other kid's good too. Ridley or whatever his name is. He's he's also excellent. Yeah, so Rid- yeah, Ridley's there too. You know they've got weapons. Yep, they definitely do. They the other thing the, that's they from have a f- the weapons, right? Like, for sure. Well, for a while, yeah. it's about their defense and how their defense holds up and stuff too. But the other thing that I was going to bring up is that apparently the Saints have expressed some good interest in Kyle Trask, the Florida quarterback, should he be available in yeah. a later rounds. And actually, from a, a fit standpoint, <laughs> I think Kyle Trask fits in very well to a Saints-type offense. Makes very smart decisions, doesn't throw a lot of picks. Uh, again, very smart. Uh, I think his timing with Michael Thomas would be great. Uh, I think he would bring the... Um, I don't want to say safety or security, but something that Jameis Winston doesn't quite bring that to you. Um, you know, the confidence that he's going to mm-hmm. control the ball the way you want it to be controlled and keep it within the offensive hands. Anyway, yada, yada. That's obviously a Florida tidbit, and I was happy to share that. No risk it, no biscuit, baby. <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit. Uh, we did move on a little bit quick. Uh, I forgot after the March Madness, we were supposed to segue into – Another bracket that we wanted to talk about. Um, how do we not stay on topic whatsoever and on track, Pep? Because we're almost an hour's just not long enough. At we five talk to, to eight. Big Boss Man and see what we can do. He's listening. He's like, you guys go as long as you want. I'm sure he says that. <laughs> it's, it's about the people listening of whether they want to keep listening. It goes well, fast. Wow. Let's put up that bracket because you know what? I think uh, I think Sig will be interested in this. Let me get Sig, these, have you had a, uh, had a look at this? Uh, briefly. So for those who are audio only, we have put up an image on the screen. It's a bracket called the Goat of Goats bracket, which basically takes the arguably the greatest of all time in their individual sports and pins them up against each other to try and figure out who is the greatest, greatest of all time. (laughs) Is that too many greats? Anyways, what we're going to do over the next eight shows is basically we're going to whittle down this until we have the unsportsmanlike convos goat of goats. I feel like that should have been an air horn there. I didn't do it. I apologize. Or a goat. Or a goat sound. All right. Note to self, goat Goat sound. Goat sound bite. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. 
So today we're going to start with just one quadrant of this bracket, and that pins the Wayne Gretzky versus Mia Hamm, the USA soccer player, female soccer player. And then we also have LeBron James versus Babe Ruth. That's pretty incredible, actually, that, that bottom bracket. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. This isn't a telestrator, though, right? We don't have a pen to, to write stuff on. This is just a <laughs> screenshot. Okay, now you're getting a little okay. bit out of the technology here. <laughs> we don't have that. Okay. Um, okay. But for those who, again, you can go back and watch this on uh, Facebook and stuff and get the actual graphic. But we're just going to start with those two Right now, Wayne Gretzky. Let's keep it up, me let's keep it up on the screen there, Brock. For a second. keep it up. Keep it up All right, screen. here we go. Yes. Sig, what, let's uh, let's start with Sig. Sig, who are you picking between uh, LeBron James and Babe Ruth? Wow, wow, that's tough. I, I feel mean, like the other one was legacy. easier. What's that? I feel like the other one was easier. Why don't we start with Wayne Gretzky and Mia Hamm? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like like yes, I agree that it's easier. I mean, it, it's Wayne Gretzky. It, it's the great one. Right. How do you compete with that? I mean, Mia Hamm, she was the best soccer player on the planet in, in women's soccer. And, you know, as amazing as, as her accomplishments have been, it's still it's still Wayne Gretzky. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. You, you can't compete with that. I don't I'm on the Wayne compete. Gretzky train. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the guy had four seasons of 200 points consecutive when he, in his first four or five years in the, in the league. And Ridiculous. his... That, that might be a record. His points, all, all-time points record. That might never be touched. I don't think anyone's going to beat that. Ever. I don't think anyone ever touches. So I'm on Gretzky, Brock. Yeah, it's Gretzky for me. Okay. It's Gretzky, hands down. Okay, let's get to the hard stuff. Let's get to the nitty gritty then. All right, Babe Ruth or LeBron James, Sig. You got one legacy. I was going to say you got one legacy that's still going. You know, um, and then you got Babe Ruth. I don't think. <laughs> Am I cheating by looking at the other brackets? I'm like, I can't take LeBron out right now. <laughs> you can't take LeBron out right now. Are you peeking Bruce, underneath? You know what what you? But, yeah, uh, right? Can you not <laughs> see it on the screen? You're looking right underneath it. <laughs> at least I didn't say any names. I didn't say any uh, names. Okay, I'm okay. I'm looking. But no, I'm going I'm, I'm to go with LeBron James because he's done some pretty amazing things with, with regards to numbers. He's still chasing the championships, yeah. you know, um, and yeah, he's just—it's LeBron James. I mean, it's LeBron James. I mean, no offense to Babe Ruth, but I wasn't alive in 1912. I—I I didn't see yeah. him play. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. he was—he's a hey, Babe Ruth was a legend off the field. That's for sure. Uh, all-star, World Hall of Fame drinker. Uh, but you know, when it comes to, uh, I mean, and, and it's not even finished. LeBron James is uh, Gretzky and the Babe for me. That's incredible, Mike. That's incredible. No, I, I'm not going to go Babe Ruth because I just didn't know. I respect the stats. I respect history. But Babe over Ruth. You know what? Oh, I'm going to get roasted in here. Honest to God, I, I've there are a lot of people that are going to vote for the Babe. I And I and kudos. I mean, I have nothing it's, against it's the Babe. It's before my time, and I can't, you know, I've seen the things that he's done. You know, I've exactly. read In black and white. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, hey, you're going with the Babe? B? You go no. babe, bro? No, God, no. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, and LeBron's that's what I'm saying. Going. LeBron, like, yes, but LeBron you have like, seen oh, LeBron James play. You have seen and watched and felt and whatever. Babe Ruth is like uh, Paul Bunyan reading books, saying like, <laughs> oh, maybe this is what he was like. He was larger than life. I have no clue. Because I wasn't around for that. So I don't know what's real and what's passed <laughs> down from generation to generation. 
He jumped over a man and dunked. <laughs> right? Over a guy. So, for, <laughs> you know, but I've seen this with my own eyes. So, for that purpose yeah. only, I can't move Babe Ruth on and then argue Babe Ruth again and again and Fair. again. He's just... Fair. It just sucks that you have to take one out. That That's that's the thing. You know? And this is probably the that. easiest quadrant that I picked. Because I'm like, you know what? We're just starting this tonight. We'll take the easiest quadrant. Because the other ones are, I find, even more difficult. Off, so I'm not cheating. You took it off, so I'm not looking. Bambino yeah. called his own shot, though. I mean, that's you don't you'll never see that. I mean, there's people incredible. argue that that he know. was pointing at somebody else. He was <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Greg, there is there's yeah. things where you're not sh- anyway. It's all yeah. story. It's all legendary. Paul Bunyan did a bunch of stuff too. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying Paul Bunyan. I'm thinking somebody larger than life. Paul Bunyan's big, and I think of the red blacks. I look at their thing, and that's their logo. Anyway. <laughs> Who knows? It's legendary oh. at that point. That's our first okay, quadrant. So- we will come back next week, and we're going to hit another quadrant, and we're going to work our way down. But we got Gretzky and LBJ, and that's a three-way agreement here. Even though yeah. guys on the uh, comments are all about Babe Ruth, um, I, I disagree. And therefore, uh, we move on. Brock, are we going to have time for Jays, or should we just get into the in the hall or not at all? I feel bad because Mike is so set up, and I had a walkout song for him and everything oh, for man. the Jays. Let's, you know what? We're not going to dive into a lot. We'll just get his first uh, opinion of the Jays opening weekend and their first four games. Just a real quick. We don't have to get too far into it because we're going to yeah, dive into that, that a bit later. <laughs> but let's, let's do that. bring him in, and then we can ask him about that yeah let's do that we'll bring sleep back feeding the poor and helping out with their bills although i was born in mike what's up mikey mikey chose his walkout song just fyi i gave him a choice sig you did i didn't mikey how we doing i'm good you guys (laughs) good good uh you froze there for a sec are you is there a delay there, uh, there might be a bit of a delay. Not bad, not bad. That was pretty Which good. Is that was pretty good. The uh, uh, putting up the NFL uh, video. Oh, the double <laughs> click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the double playing Fortnite. Yeah. Double yeah, click. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, obviously, you've watched the Jays this weekend. Uh, a very, very promising opening series. Uh, we, you know, you got what we got. Everyone knows what they expect from uh, Ryu, uh, but TJ Zoik was. Excellent. And so was Steven Matz. I mean, Steven Matz had nine strikeouts. What the hell happened to him with the Mets last year for him to go Owen whatever and have an ERA of 10? He was awesome yesterday. Yeah, it looked very good. Uh, you mentioned that you mentioned the strikeouts. Um, it seems like he has a good year than a bad year. He, he kind of flip flops. Uh, and I know he had, I think, two brutal years uh, four years ago. Um, and then a good year in 2019, and then a bad year last year. It was just awful. Yeah, and that's what that's what uh, freed him up for that trade. Uh, so it's one of those things. Uh, steal. Uh, it might end up being a steal. Exactly. It might, and uh, a, a low, low uh, risk, high reward potential. You know, he he was throwing 100 miles an hour, and his changeup was 79. I mean, that is remarkable stuff. And, you know, he's throwing his change up to lefties as well. So he was really, really hard on everybody yesterday, and uh, he was fun to watch. TJ Zoik, did you watch his start against the Yankees in, in that rubber match? Yep. I don't think talking about? to. I thought it was great. Alia. And, he again, the way, his style of pitching with that sinker 
creates a lot of ground balls, and that got him out of a good amount of jams during that game too. Where they Absolutely. needed ground balls and double plays, he was able to facilitate that and force those batters into those type of plays. And I thought, I thought our pitching staff looked really good overall. Like over the last four games, everybody that comes in, you know, they bring something. There was nobody where I felt, oh, this guy's going to be mm-hmm. a problem throughout the year. Again, it's early, but there's a game tonight. But uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Actually, they they're they. First pitch is probably in a minute or two here, but I'm looking forward to seeing Tanner Roark. I mean, right now it's he was slated to be the third or fourth star. Now he's like, look, I better start pitching well because they got Zoik and Mats and Ross Stripling pitched well. He had one bad inning, but he pitched pretty well against the Yankees. Um, so now there's uh, you know we got Thomas Hatch. They they stretched him out over the over the spring tra- uh, spring session. So they want him to maybe start or at least fight for a starting position. They got Pearson and Ray. Robbie Ray is going to come in and he's going to solidify the. I mean, that's a good staff. That's all it right. A, a lot of depth too, like like you said, uh, uh, and uh, you, you think of a guy like Thornton as well that uh, can yep. spot start if be. Uh, so they're well set up for if and when there's injuries and uh, prolonged injuries. I will say this about the about the Blue Jays in their first four games is that uh, I don't think I've ever seen a staff in Toronto throw this hard. I mean, we talked yeah. about, you know, the in the last few years, they had the Brett Cecils and the Dustin McGowans and the Mark Zipchinskis and these guys who throw, like, just, you know, just upper 90s, but not that, not much higher than that. And the book on the Jays was always that they don't have any fireballers. And they went out and got Grilly and Latroy Hawkins, but even those guys weren't throwing over 95. So, you know, their starters, you know, Stroman's not a fireballer. Sanchez was, and then he, every time he touched something, he'd get a blister. It's nice to see... Their staff, their starters throw 100. I mean, they touched up 100. Matt's, Matt's threw a 100-mile-an-hour pitch yesterday. So did Merriweather multiple times. I was just going to say, the, the most impressive player for me over the weekend, and I know he only threw like 15 pitches, was Julian Merriweather. The throw-in, or the, the one player that they got back for the, from the Josh Donaldson trade, who was really just, I think he was the player to be named later. I, I don't know. He, he's always been highly touted. But he's had injury after injury, including last year. Like last year, he he uh, pitched in relief for the Jays at the MLB level, and uh, even then, he, he was doing well and and got hurt again. Uh, so this year, it looks hopefully like he's he sort of put it all together, and the injuries are behind him, and uh, hopefully, it's it's just progress from here. I mean, I I think he's set the bar pretty high with his first two appearances. I think he struck out five in those two innings. Uh, so you, you know that's not going to last, but if it's anywhere close to he, – he's working ahead. It, before you know it, it's 0-2 on these batters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you want someone coming out of the pen is just to attack. And I know uh, everyone talks about Romano being the likely uh, closer, and he still might be. It, it, you know, it's so early in the year. Um, but uh, it's nice to have that 1A, uh, 1A, 1A situation where you can go to either one of these guys late, high leverage, and, uh, and they'll get the job done. You it's know, nice to have it, that guy in the eighth and then a guy in the ninth. And we faced multiple teams that had those kind of setups. And, you know, it was effective. I pulled these two guys out just for this particular. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. Uh, I see Dwayne Ward. Would you laminate Dwayne them? They're Ward. super glary. No. Oh, Mike, Mike Timlin, Timlin and like Dwayne Ward. Ward. It was Dwayne Ward. Nice. And, and Tom Henke. We're all on the same team at one point. Julian Mayweather. Mm-hmm was untouchable his first two appearances. I mean, he was, a, again, another guy who threw 100, but he also had his his off speed was like 80. 
I mean, yeah. that's just ridiculous stuff. So I was super impressed with him. Am I a little enthusiastic and maybe blowing this all out of proportion after four and a half games? Yeah, maybe. 100%. But, but I think I think we all are. But. <laughs> Pitch, pitching was ultimately what, what they were criticized for in the offseason, for not getting enough pitching, for not going out there and spending big bucks and getting uh, uh, Trevor Bowers and, uh, you know, the Klubers and those guys. Hey, look we beat Kluber game one. Trevor Bauer does look good. But <laughs> here's why we're excited, because normally – we're still like, oh, they'll get together. They'll get it together. They'll whatever. It's a bit of a slow start. Let's see what happens. You know, the pitching, you know, we're not quite sure, whatever. The pitching has looked very strong. We've beat the favorite team to win this division by a yep. lot of experts. Yep. Two games to, to, to one. So it's not like we're just beating the Orioles or whatever. Um, although the Orioles have played pretty well, actually, against Boston. Three and, they're three and one, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> You know, there's there's time will tell, but it was it's a great first start. It's a great first impression, and all the things that are normally things that we worried about, and we're like we still haven't got that. They've they've come and produced, and you talk about the depth. I really like what Charlie's doing and getting guys into games early. So it's only been four games in, but he has had I don't know four different starting lineups, I guess, yeah. and had has rotated guys through. Um, one guy I got to say I'm impressed with is uh, Grichuk. He's a guy who I think has started off the season on fire. And at one point, I was criticizing the whole time, saying, you know what, get, get rid of him. See if we can trade his salary, whatever. He's playing very well. Is he playing himself to a high-value trade chip? Or is he playing himself right now into a spot where you're like, we can't get rid of him right now? What do you think? If you, if you hit, you pl- you'll play. They'll find a spot for you. And they'll with the way that... The, everything's working out with the DH and Telez maybe not hitting so well. They can flip-flop Hernandez. And, you know, I think uh, I, if you can hit, you'll play on this team. And that's what Charlie's saying. And tonight, Alejandro Kirk's in the, in the, uh, in the lineup. Um, like you said, he keeps changing it up, mixing up, getting guys in. Jonathan Davis had a Jonathan had a Davis was in, yeah. Um, you know, when Springer comes back, we don't know what, what's going to happen with Davis, but they'll find, they'll find room for all these guys. And right now with Springer out, there's no question, really. It's it's Grichik, Hernandez, and Gurriel in the field. With Davis That's the other exciting part, is that it's one of the good. best acquisitions we got in the a best. long while in Springer hasn't even played yet. And yeah. you say, we're doing this right now. This lineup looks phenomenal, mm-hmm. and we don't even have arguably one of our best players in that lineup. Where do you think Springer lines up? Will he will he lead off Mike, or and they'll move Simeon down the, down the lineup, or what? Uh, I think they keep Simeon up there and maybe move Cavan. Uh, no, well, uh, the number two spot is up for grabs. I, I thought uh, in, initially uh, Biggio uh, didn't look great or, or comfortable there, uh, and I know he he's uh, he's got this legacy for not hitting into double plays, but I think he's hit into a couple already. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that that is up for grabs, and I think Semyon, uh, just by virtue of his his start, uh, he'll stay there. Uh, but that'll be someone that'll be a position I think you'll see guys switch in and out of. But Springer, to me, is definitely your number one, uh, your leadoff guy. Uh, they said they gave him uh, the lineup card in the spring and said, you, you know, write out your lineup for today. Uh, and they gave it to him repeatedly, and each time he was batting leadoff. <laughs> so Amazing. I have no issue with a guy being acquired as a leadoff, being brought in as a leadoff. That's what he's used to. That's what he wants. That's why you pay him the big bucks. And and if again, if it's what he wants and that's what he's there for, then then let him do it. 
Um, and if he's hitting the way he's hitting, you let him do it. Oh, absolutely. I, I like uh, you know again he brings he's going to bring even more balance to an already potent lineup so it's just uh, I mean that's not going to be fun for the AL East I'll tell you that right now um, the one other thing that was um, you know an issue last year last year in particular uh, was their defense and it was it was atrocious let's not let's not sugarcoat it it was awful yeah mm-hmm. awful everywhere third first Hernandez they look they look much improved it's early but they look much improved. They looked a little more focused, like a like the in the eyes, if that makes any sense. Like they just look like they're 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 locked in. Um, Biggio looks good at third, good glove, but his arm looks a little weak to make some of those throws when he's fading off third base. Uh, he made a couple of throws to to Vladdy back to back where they were bouncers. One where I think rolled to him. So that's might be a concern. That might be something they trade for maybe down the road. We'll see what happens there. Maybe they give Vladdy a couple of reps. They've told Vladdy you're playing first. So he's, he's, and how do you, leads to my next question. How do you think he's played at first so far this, these first four games? He's played well. He's like, I know everyone's seen the, the picks he's made and uh, they're huge because that goes from you're, you're, you're losing an out and you're, you've got a guy on base now. So it's a, it's a double whammy when, when uh, an error like that happens. Um, so he's picked up Bichette, I think has made a few. Yep. Uh, I know early Bichette, on. They were talking yeah. about Bichette's throws. They were talking about his not bringing his feet with him. And there was multiple throws in at least game one and maybe a bit of game two, or at least game one. And Vladdy impressed me with those scoops. Like very, very good hands at first. Yeah, he's bailed them out. But the one thing you can't do is come off the bag. And he's done that twice already in, in four yeah. games. Which I know you're trying to you're trying to get out there. And But if you're coming off the bag, it's meaningless how far you stretch because you're you're not you're not uh, you're not you're, you're not going to get that out no matter what. That's something so he's going to learn though. Like the fact that he's he's almost in full splits when he's doing that. So it's a matter of controlling his body where he goes down to a split without throwing himself a bit more towards the ball and and keeping that contact with the bag. I think he works through that fairly well. Yeah. Like over the next little while. It's it's not errors you're going to see year year long that he comes off the bag. No, I agree, and uh, I think it's something. Yeah, like it's a, it's it's learning that footwork, um, but uh, but I think he looks good. I agree with you, uh, Pep, that uh, Biggio at third, I love him defensively. Uh, he'll, he'll pick up grounders. He'll he'll make the, the hard to get plays. It's the arm that concerns me. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, it's if it's a late inning game, you know, and and you got a speedster at the plate, I drop a bunt, and and I think you can beat him out. Uh, you know, six times out of seven. Well, they I'm had to play very similar to that in one of those games. It was a slow roller to third, and he wasn't able to get the ball over, get down and you get know, the I'm, ball I'm out. wondering if it's uh, playing second for so long, you know, you get used to the depth. I don't think it's anything to do with arm strength. I bet mean, you told him, hey, I'll throw, throw it from there there, and he can do it. I think it's just more getting used to the distance. It's a, it's a long throw. I mean, it's a lot longer than it is from second to first. I think it's just getting used to the depth and uh, and knowing how much juice you got to kind of put on a ball, like a quarterback, really. Like you know, you got to you sort of get used to the depth perception, and maybe this maybe it'll just take some time, and uh, we'll see. I don't think he, I don't think he lacks arm strength. He personally. also understands that he's kind of the odd man out right now in terms of that that middle infield. Right, we have two guys that are they're there. That's what's going to be. Simmons a second, Bichette's a short. So if you want to be playing on a consistent basis 
You're going you to need like to it. figure this. Yeah, exactly. You're going to like this one. Either that or they're going to put you in the field. But our outfielders are all better than what he would be out there anyway. So third is kind of like where you need to step up. And I think, again, you're probably right. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's your, your gauge, your, your, yeah. you, your timing mechanism. Everything that was done at second uh, needs to be faster, uh, harder, all that kind of stuff from third. And I think that's what he's going to get working on. But I don't ever question his work ethic in no. terms of getting up to speed. So I think that's something that is going to come. You know, I know you've talked about Vladdy going to third. You know, Vladdy looks much better and more athletic after he shed the weight. Mm-hmm. Do you try him at third? That's mm-hmm. Mike. Um, Vladdy looks really good. Vladdy's get... butt also tells me that he's got to be strict probably for the rest of his career because he's likely uh, a, a slip up at Krispy Kreme to being a defensive tackle again. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he has the body type where he's got to continue to work at it nonstop yep. during his career in order to maintain that. Oh, he'll get reps at third. He'll get reps at third uh, for sure. He, and it may not be like th- two, three games in a row, but he'll get reps at third. When B. Joe needs a break, he'll get he'll get reps for or sure. And we'll see. What's that? Yeah, I, I think when you want the Telez in the lineup uh, again with injuries and stuff, you might you might want Telez at first, and and Vladdy fits in at third. Telez uh, is the the last guy I wanted to talk about before we uh, before we move on and end the show with a few things. I. If, I mean, he's he's swinging under, he's getting under the ball. Uh, that might suggest that he's just you know a, a shade late. Um, I, I'm rooting for the guy. His story's his story's cool. I'm rooting for Rowdy Telez. He's a good guy. He's got a ton of power. He's got a ton of power. But oh for eight, oh for twelve, you know, he, one for sixteen. Like he's got to show something. He's got to be able to keep up with these guys now. Like this, these, these aren't. Uh, this isn't Brandon, whatever they had playing third last year, and whatever. These, these are. He's got a team ahead of him now. He's got to hit. Yeah, and and uh, produce runs is is the big thing. That's his job. Uh, yeah, and and I think uh, it's funny because sometimes when you add new players, there's that uh, odd man out syndrome that. And I thought Gritchuk would have that. I thought he'd be like, well, they went and acquired all these guys, and and. I'm I'm the odd man out, and but he's he's come off uh, and, and started the season, you know, by virtue of injury. But but he's been put in there, and he's hitting. I think he's leading the team in average. Uh, with Telez, he looks like a guy who is like late July, early August slump, like where he everything is is going poorly. And uh, uh, I'm just wondering what's. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to do. I did it so that you were making a point. I was bringing you to the forefront, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then I just realized the I totally we call that in the spotlight. Yeah, the, I totally screwed you up. Sorry. Your, like, wrong. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so with, with Telez, he he does look like he's uh, he's fighting it a bit, and and I know it's four games, uh, but he 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 took a third strike the other day, uh, and it's almost like he just he he just wants any way to get on base, and he you know he kind of. I think he's he's fighting it so much that he's well. I'll try it for a walk. Uh, he, he is third in the AL and hit hit by pitch though, so he's he's up there for that stat. Hey. But uh, I mean, he 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 will come around uh, again. Uh, Montoyo's done a good job of sort of mixing it up and getting everybody in. I think he'll continue to do that and uh, in a low leverage, lower lower in the order spot, you know, seventh uh, or or down there, and uh, and and get him going and then move him up. 
Well, let's see. I mean, he's he's got to do it. And you know, the best thing that happened to Grichuk is is the Springer injury. It, it it forced him to to get in there and say, you know, I can hang with these guys. I mean, it's true. You know, he was thirty homers a couple of years ago, so I think it's a, it's a good thing. And when Springer comes back, you know, Grichuk they'll get they'll get him in the lineup. I mean, the guy can the guy can hit, and he's a professional hitter, and uh, we'll go from there. But it gave man, him a I'm chance, so that- and the door was open for Grichuk, and he's taken advantage of it. So I so always. Far. Go like I I love hearing stories like that. The guys that are, it's a fluke opportunity where really you were the odd man out, and likely not in a good scenario moving forward. If Springer was starting from day one, and he had his opportunity, he seized it, and you know he's been doing well. Perfect segue, Brock. Really, let's end this with the speaking of odd man out. The snitch is our UC blooper of the week. Do we have that? Uh, we have that go, I uh, knew you're going to go to the blooper, and I think I forgot <laughs> to upload it. Ah, that's no, okay. That's all right. You know what it is, guys? It was the Jose Canseco uh, playing right field for the t- Texas Rangers back in the early 90s. And uh, a guy hit, ding, a guy hit a homer. Oh, he hit a deep fly ball. And Jose went to pl- play it. And it went off his head and over the fence. And as you know, in baseball, that's a home run. So uh, we had that lined up as our UC blooper. But, hey, we had a lot, we had a lot on our plate. And we, we got like 87% of it. Pretty good. It's not bad. Let's finish. We're going to finish because Sig is still with us, and he's smiling so patiently because he's He's just smiling and nodding. Like baseball. He's like, you guys told me I'd be off before baseball. baseball. I was a 90s baby. All right. Our top five. Mike, do you have top five? Were you prepared for this? I No. All right. No, I don't. So we're going to pull you out then. All right. Let's <laughs> sure. We'll bring we got, it right back, though, because we got something right after. I know we're running close for uh, tight for time. Brock, let's go. T- top Your top five. Uh, these are the top five quarterback busts, but not necessarily picked first overall. Just maybe first round, maybe whatever. But they're, they're considered busts, quarterback busts in the NFL. All right. Uh, so, okay, I'll start. I got uh, four honorable mentions. Uh, okay. <laughs> Achilles Smith. <laughs> Tim Couch. Oh, my Achilles Smith. Tim I like Couch. How we laugh yeah. when we hear the name. JP Lossman. Oh, wow. Oh. And Mitch Trubinsky is an honorable mention. Ooh. Honorable so, mention, not top five okay. at this point. Trying to start honorable a fight with mention. Brother or what? Okay. JP Lawsman and Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Hey, he can't sit there and argue from a Bills fan standpoint and tell me JP Lawsman was anything but a bust. Anyway. Run Rico. Okay. All right. Number five. I got Andre Ware out of Houston with the Detroit Lions. Did he play in the CFL for a year or two? Uh, the BC Lions? I don't think it No, it wasn't Andre Ware. Like Spencer Ware, maybe? I think hmm. there was a different hmm. Ware. I'm not sure. Uh, number four, the cover of one of the NCAA video games at the time. Uh, another Oregon bust, uh, Joey Harrington. Oh. <laughs> Went to the Lions, was another oh, guy. who was, guy. Yeah, he was on the years. cover that way. He was yeah. on the cover, yeah. Oregon has produced some pretty decent busts. Um, one guy panned out in the uh, CFL, I guess. But uh, Number three. Uh, Jamarcus Russell out of LSU. <laughs> oh, okay. He's your number three. With the okay. Raiders. He's my number three. Okay. Number two, I have Ryan Leaf out of Washington okay. State with okay. the Chargers. Okay. And okay. my number one quarterback bus, Vince Young out of Texas with the Titans. 
He is my the greatest NCAA right quarterback and just not horrible. Like he's wasn't the like the bust to the Ryan Leaf effect bust, but he was a bust where I felt he went to the Titans out of all these teams: Titans, Chargers, Raiders, Lions, Lions, Bengals, Browns, Bills, Bears. Like the Titans had a team that was already. Not horrible when he got there. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. he was he had a bit more opportunities, I felt, from a team perspective. You know, a Tim Couch going to the Browns, it could have been anybody. Going, it could have been Tom Brady well, going to the Browns. Like, it's just not going to change it. But Vince Young, again, arguably the greatest quarterback in college football, one of them, other than mm-hmm. Tim Tebow, I guess. One of the greatest <laughs> games I've ever seen in that 05 Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, like he just had all the attributes that should have been transferable to the NFL at a very high level, and I felt he did not live up to that. So he's my number one bust. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Sig. So my top list, my top five list, um, I threw a running back in at number five just because I'm a running back. <laughs> and I knew that there'd be so many quarterbacks that were going to be overlapped. And, that, you know, so I threw a okay. running back in for my number five. And I'm going I think to I know who it is, but okay. Trent. Richardson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think he was drafted third. Ugh. By the How Browns. the hell does this happen? You're a guest, and you not only went <laughs> the top five, you went like completely different. You know what? My top baseball player, I'm going to start with number five, was Babe Ruth. And then I'm going to go with my four busts of quarterback. He's making up his own rules. All right. All right. All right. He, All right. he, was, he was bad. He was bad. He was at five. Um, Tim Couch, he was my, uh, he was my number four. Um, just horrible. Achilles Smith was my number three. Yeah. Ryan Leaf was my number two. Um, I just remember him yelling at that one reporter and then going to jail later, a few years later. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just, just bad. Tough, to tough life. And, uh, oh, 100%. And my number one was Jermarcus Russell. You know, mainly, mainly because one, he was a bust. Um, but, but two, the fact that his coaches gave him tapes that were apparently, this is a story, that oh, yeah. were apparently blank. Didn't tell him. <laughs> Asked him what he thought about the coverages. No, they the said, these are the plays. This is what we're trying to install this week. Take you know, a look at it. Let us know what you think. And the next day they went and said, what do you think? They says, I love them all. Let's put them all in. And they're like, you sure about that? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, there's nothing on those DVDs. And that was a test to see, like, was he doing his homework? No, no. Hot mess. Yeah, yeah. But at the same right, the guy made... 50 some million dollars because it was pre the rookie salary caps. You didn't say so, not successful. I know. I'm just saying. Was he, so the, for, was he the quarterback that made that pass in Denver when the with Jerry Porter at the back of the end zone jumped really high to get it with one hand? Was he it was Marcus Demarcus Russell was the quarterback. He had like a glimpse of something, something one year with the Raiders. They finished six and ten, but the you could tell they were kind of excited. Okay, maybe we got something here. And then uh uh-uh. was that him? We gotta look that up. I don't think so. I'm just getting the, the sure. private chat saying that Andre Ware played for Ottawa, BC, and Toronto. Boom. So I have I remember I remember the dumbest stuff in this one. Okay, my, here's my top five. Uh, honorable mention: I have Tim Couch only because that was an f- expansion team. I mean, that was the Cleveland's return to the NFL after they uh, packed up their stuff and left for Baltimore overnight. Thank you, Art Modell. All right, here are my. Uh, Bus and a lot, again, a lot of the similar guys. I, at number five, I have uh, Achilles Smith. Uh, tough, tough situation. They weren't very good in Cincinnati. Uh, number four, I have Matt Leinert. Um, just Arizona expected a lot more from him. Uh, they actually chose him over Kurt Warner, 
if I'm not mistaken. That didn't go well. So a Matt Leinart I have at number four. Number three, uh, oh, Johnny Manziel. Ooh, that's Johnny a, Manziel. That is a, that's uh, a great one. I forgot uh, hey, listen, he stunk. And the Browns picked him nice and high. So cash money. <laughs> cash money, Manziel, <laughs> baby. Go. Yeah, you got that right, Ferreira. That's a great uh, Number two, I have, I have Jamarcus Russell because there was a glimpse of something that one year, and I think that was him that made that Jerry Porter catch. And number one is it's got to be Ryan Leaf. And Ryan Leaf has had a tough post-career. Uh, you know, in and out of prison, some issues with drugs and gambling, I think, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I just recently saw an interview with him, and he looks like he's a lot better. He's sh- he shed a ton of weight. So he looks a little healthier. But, you know, I just think, uh, what are you going to do? You just bl- you blew your chance, and uh, I think, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But he's my number one. So there you have it. Can't really go wrong. There has been a lot of quarterback busts. If you were to pick one right now, say, you know what, we're 10 years down the road and we're looking back at the 2021 draft, a lot of quarterbacks in there. Who's mm. the bust? Who's the bust of the bunch? Oh, man. Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones. I, I mean, I hate to say, Jesus, I like Justin Fields, but, I, you know, I don't. He had a good running game behind him. I, yeah, that's a tough one. They, these guys are so well coached now that yeah. they're less likely to be a bust than they were 15 or 20 years ago. So these guys are playing like pro sets. You know, they're doing things in the college that they never we've never seen in the history of the NFL and and uh, college football ranks. So it's hard. Even a bust now is pretty good. If that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, actually one at, an out, analyst was talking about the quarterbacks, uh, the coaching at the quarterback level in the NFL is subpar, and they don't get good coaching in the NFL. So it's kind of like whatever you got during college better transfer to the NFL game because the coaching doesn't quite live up to that. Uh, so from that standpoint, if I'm going straight off of that, I'm thinking, um, I don't know. It's going to be, I think Mac Jones is going to be fine. I think Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. is going to be fine. I think it's going to fall into like a, a Justin Trey Fields, Trey Lance or Trey Zach Lance Wilson, or like that kind of Wilson. one. I think Wilson, yeah. Wilson may still end up being bust cause he's going to New York. You know what I mean? Like you're you're kind of mm-hmm. getting drafted as a bust going to New York <laughs> if they don't do anything to support you anyway. So, um, but I think it's going to be uh, something we talk about in uh, in the future. That okay, being so said, we're going to do the hall the in uh, in the hall or take a hike. Well, I can't remember what I called it. We'll do that next week. I'll keep this list handy here. Yeah, in the hall or not at all. I think is what you had. Yes, I think you just come up with something that rhymes. You're like, ah, and then you're like, oh, and then you make a game of it. Anyway, it's all good. We'll appreciate it. So in the hall or not at all, we'll be next week. We'll also continue the goat of all goats talk next week as well. Um, and for that, we wrap up the show. Sig, we want to appreciate you for being on again. Thank Lakers you, Raptors tonight, baby. Lakers yeah. Raptors tonight. Oh, that's a good one. That'll be good. Yep. Um, again, those checking in the Facebook Live, make sure you like it. Watch it. Accept the StreamYard comments. Uh, stuff so we can see your face when you're making your comments. <laughs> Take a look at the podcast. <laughs> like that. Big Boss Man's going to move us back up to the page one so nobody has to worry about where we're at. And we're working on a better gear merch page that will have specific 
examples that you guys can then choose from. So we're working on that. Stay safe. Stay home if you need to. Uh, stay healthy. Let's get through this kind of stuff. We're going out to... Uh, I was listening to Cap City Beats not that long ago, and it was a big throwback jam night, and it was Craig David was on, and I was like, I totally forgot about this guy. I loved one of his albums, and uh, it was called Time to Party, and we're going out to that. <laughs> <laughs> but don't party. We're in a pandemic. Yeah, no. Hey, as long as the music's on, you can party at home. Have a good night, everybody. Peace out, homies. Have a good night. Ready to do the things we love We're gonna get a groove on all night long Oh, hey! Give it up now for the DJ uh-huh. yeah. And put your hands on my eyes and say It may be raining but who cares about the weather Get up, Cause when the heat is on we'll all be getting wetter It's the start of the week